Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, I think we got to prepare like he's going to play. Um, I, I do have a lot of respect for Case and, and know that the offense won't change all that much schematically um, if it ends up being Case, but um, this guy's one of the best players in our league and you know speaking about Josh Allen and um, you know on our side of the ball we get some times and we've had a few times this year where we've had some crossover tapes so I've gotten to see just some of his performances and uh, what he's able to do on a football field and how he affects the game I mean it is very very impressive to watch and, and a heck of a challenge defensively to try to you know you're never going to limit his impact on the game especially with the skill players they have and the scheme they have I think Ken does a really good job Okay, Kevin O'Connell might have hit on one of my favorite, most ridiculous NFL head coach statements right there, which is when there's any there's any doubt over who might start the game. Okay, it could be uh, it could be John Elway in his prime or random backup slappy guy. It could be it could be Peyton Manning in his prime or one of those Wisconsin quarterbacks that sat behind him with a clipboard for a bunch of years, right? <laughs> And the coaches always come out and say, "Well, regardless of who's playing quarterback, uh, the scheme shouldn't really change much. We're gonna we're gonna prepare the same as we would if between Josh Allen and Case Keenum, things won't really be much different between the two of them schematically and otherwise. And so we're gonna prepare the same way. <laughs> yep, yeah, no question about it. We are f- afraid of Case. Totally the same. This yes, is, we are m- mortified. We are very scared of Case Keenum." Uh, well, we maybe should be just because it might be his revenge, revenge game that he's been sitting on for like five years against the franchise. But this is Mackie and Judd, where we're gonna we're gonna bring you feedback Friday here. Dive into the comment section and uh, go ahead, Judd. Don't for, don't forget, no, no, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, 2019 yeah, Thursday night him. game at US Bank Stadium started and yeah. lost to Kirk Cousins. He didn't have this weaponry though with him. Okay, Case I'm just Keenum saying, driving got, an actual car is different. He did get his chance. He got his Judd chance. Is, Judd is right, technically. And. And he lost. Doesn't he? Doesn't scare me. You know what? O- O'Connell should have said. But he hasn't got his revenge yet, so he's still waiting for revenge. It's another chance. O'Connell should have said, "Man, if we don't get Josh, have we dodged another bullet?" You know how fortunate we've gotten when it comes to backup slappies. These guys are all crap. I mean, Case Keenum, bring him on. That's what you wanted. Uh, I I want Josh Allen. No, no, you wanted uh, KOC to say that though. Which oh, is, I got you. Yeah, if it's yeah. Case Keenum. Okay, you know what? We're taking the week off. It'd be hilarious if coaches were just honest. And honestly, uh, we do kind of want to get a healthy Josh Allen to sort of see where we are litmus test-wise, but let's be honest, guys. If Case Keenum starts, that guy's pretty much screwed. Zero chance he gets away from 
Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter. So uh, good luck to the Bills if they do start Case Keenum. We're looking forward to putting an ass beating on them. <laughs> Thanks for the questions. I'm going back to practice. Yeah, or you know what? I've been in the bar all, all week. I just had a kid. I'm celebrating. I haven't even watched our team. Have, have you guys seen our players? Yeah, I haven't watched film yet uh, of really anything. So, yeah. Anyhow. All right, Feedback Friday here where we take all your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, put them in a, in a stew here and get to as many of them as possible. So let's stay on KOC. Brian Koser says, why do you guys have a hard time just admitting that Zimmer was the problem? You try to say Kirk is now the quarterback you wanted him to be, but Zimmer was the reason he couldn't be. Diggs wanted out a few years ago, and I don't think it was because of Kirk. First of all, my I think our entire conversation dates back to 2014. Oh, if no, the not, leaf blowers are back. The leaf, oh, he's back. I the leaf done. are back. Wow. Juan, Juan must know when I start again because he's fired it up, but you know what? The yard's going to be clean. It's going to be in, immaculate. And, Juan, if you would like to advertise on Score North, I'm the guy to come to. Um, so here's the, here's the Zimmer thing. I agree from 2018 on with Kirk, it didn't work. Which, by the way, Mike had called in the combine time when he knew that they might sign Kirk. But we've always said, I think, Phil, that it's the 2014 to 2017 team. Like when there's this revisionist history that Mike sucked. You know, Mike Zimmer was the problem on this and that. He took this team from being defensively with, with, unfortunately, Frazier, who's now the D.C. in Buffalo, being a really bad team, and he took them defensively and propped them up and got them to, and I know they fell short and got embarrassed, but a conference championship game, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, if you want to talk about the 2018 on, Mike and Kirk didn't work well. It didn't work, and, and just to be clear, I can't absolve Kirk completely. Like, I love this whole thing of, what. well, Kirk was a victim of this and that. Kirk is a highly paid employee and a grown adult. So, but my entire Zimmer platform rests on the fact that pre-Kirk, BK, he did a really good job. And I think it's unfair to now go back and say, Mike was the whole problem and Mike sucked. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's going a step too far for a guy who for four years, I thought, brought this team a lot of success. And at that point, we loved the crusty Mike. Yes, there's a lot of man. There's a lot to untangle here with this. And we've, we've done some of this the past 10 months, 12 months. But Zimmer was one of the best coaches in Vikings history, for sure, for the first five or six years. And then the rails, the, the wheels kind of came off the wagon and. Um, 2021, you know, 2020, I guess, during the pandemic. So at the end of his tenure, he was no longer the right guy to lead a Vikings team, especially one that was quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins. So Kevin O'Connell has come in, and he's just the perfect, like, football DNA match for this roster, exactly what they needed, exactly what Kirk needed. And so, yes, the change from Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell has really helped Kirk Cousins a lot. That's a fact. It's. I think it's helped everything more than I ever thought. I don't know that I thought this was going to be like a 13. I think at one point before the year, I told you guys, if everything goes right, this team could win like 12 or 13 games, but everything would have to go right. They're on pace to win 12 or 13, and not everything has come close to going right yet. They've had some good fortune the first part of the year. Uh, so I guess on one hand, you know, if you're going to pay – top three, top five money to the cap every year for a quarterback who's a grown man in his early 30s, you you 
you thought you were getting something better the first few years, a better leader, et cetera, and that's where the largely where the criticism was. But finding that right match at head coach is drawing more of this stuff out, and so credit there as well. That's how I sort of untangle the web. And the one thing, too, is is this, and O'Connell's a smart, young coach, there's no doubt, but keep in mind, we have said on this show, going back to the radio days, that the majority, the vast majority of coaches in all sports have a shelf life, right? And Mike's shelf life had expired. Um, that does not mean that Mike was a bad coach, but... Also, O'Connell, I think the biggest thing is this. He is the perfect, for at least 2022, antidote to Mike. He is the mm-hmm. opposite of Mike. He's He is, and players love this, okay? But don't forget, too, and I don't mean to be a complete killjoy here, but Rocco's first year with the Twins was fantastic, too. The clubhouse culture was great. And it's not that Paul was bad, but, but Rocco definitely brought something that we did a lot of segments talking about the Zen of Rocco and how well that, that worked fast forward to now it's changed. So let's also appreciate the fact that the change from Mike to Kevin has worked perfectly, but that does not guarantee in three years that, that this culture is going to be great. It might be, we don't know, but that's an unknown. Tim trail says longtime Vikings fan from the sixties who still breaks out a Jim Marshall Jersey for Vikings Packers games at Lambeau. I still think we hit a home run with the hiring of Kevin O'Connell. His knowledge of the game, his personality and locker room motivational speeches, along with his play calling with very few hiccups, has been, for the most part, rock solid, on point. My question is, is it too early to call Kevin O'Connell one of the best Vikings coaches ever? (laughs) Uh, Judd, do you think it's too early? Yeah, it's far too early. I don't know. It's far too early. I don't know. He's the best Vikings coach for 2022. That's very, very clear. But <laughs> Mike, Zim- Mike, Z- Mike Zimmer is one of the best Vikings coaches of I all know. time. I know, but I mean, you probably can't the third ju- best coach they've ever had. You can't judge a man on eight games. It's not fair to O'Connell. I love this question, though. Uh, I say if they beat the Bills, he's the second best Vikings coach of all time, regardless of what happens the rest of the way or the rest of his career. Uh, Jaden Shapp says, last week you guys mentioned a couple times that the Vikings offense probably won't look the way KOC ideally wants it until next year, which makes complete sense. But then you specifically talked about this from a roster perspective because this team, quote, isn't his chosen guys. But after the Hawkinson trade, what more could an offensive head coach want? This offense has been the most number of offensive weapons in the league with all pros at every level. What more could KOC want on the offensive side? You want oh, the answer to answer that man. question? Do these people just keep putting a ball on you? Want the truth? You? <laughs> oh no, Judd's camera's cutting out. Do you want the just truth? Just as he's about it's... to rip Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Judd, can you hear us? Are you still there? Am I back? Yes. Okay. Yes, you're back. You're back yeah, yeah. You're good. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, answer Jaden's question. I will not be silenced, Xfinity. <laughs> I will not be silenced by you, <laughs> even though you're trying. I don't know who bought you, but I will not be silenced. Um, you know, it's the quarterback. And and this is not ripping Kirk. Kevin O'Connell is maximizing Kirk. And you know what? That's awesome for Kirk, and that's awesome for Kevin. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Kevin O'Connell's vision of a quarterback could be very different. Like, just because he's smart enough to maximize a guy doesn't mean that that guy's his guy. Yeah, this I, is... I mean, this... I, I don't want to be negative about this, but we're talking about the quarterback. 
Well, yeah, I'll say this. He didn't necessarily choose Kirk Cousins out of, like, all of the possible quarterbacks in the world to work with. Kirk Cousins was under contract. There were some trade discussions, and he said, hell yeah, there's worse options than Kirk. He's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. I can definitely make this work, and he is. But it does feel a little bit like an Andy Reid, Alex Smith situation in Kansas City where, hell yeah, I'm Andy freaking Reid. I'm one of the greatest offensive minds of the last 30 years in the NFL. You can do a lot worse than Alex Smith. He's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. But after two, three years, maybe it's time. Maybe you hit that glass ceiling as a team. 10 wins, 12 wins, whatever. And you, or you, 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 know, you, you cap out in the playoffs. Who's the Patrick Mahomes? So that's what remains to be seen is, is Kirk riding to a new level here to where he's just going to be, he's going to be KOC's guy for the next three to five years and they're going to ride up in the sunset? Or is he the first guy, they win some games, hit a glass ceiling, and then he wants the dynamic young quarterback, right? That's the question. But he's doing a great job with Kirk and vice versa right now. So did Andy Reid and Alex Smith. But they had to make a tough decision at some point. Uh, so... All right, uh, Caleb Stansberry here says, want to know your guys' thoughts on KOC taking a lot of his coaching and time management from Bill Belichick from spending his time in New England in 2008. The move at the end of the commies game smelled like Bill Belichick to me. Yes. Riding out that clock down to 15 seconds, 12 seconds, talking about the middle eight, the importance of the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second, that's a, that's a Bill Belichick-ism. Maybe KOC did go to school in that one year yep. around Bill Belichick. Yeah, I would even say oh, that it, 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 it seems like Kevin O'Connell um, just hasn't yet to make like a glaring coaching mistake. And I think he's seeing what he did against Washington last Sunday was also just very impressive because it, it was, I think it confused a lot of fans, right? Like when we were at first round, half the room was split of like, what are we doing? Why aren't you just getting the six? Why aren't you just getting the six right now and trusting that Taylor Heineke's not going to dagger you? No, it was a very smart decision. No, I will say uh, he's got, you know, seven, eight more games to play with, and his his decisions, good or bad, when it comes playoff time, are even going to be more magnified. So he so what he does in the playoffs is probably going to overshadow that great moment that happened in Washington to milk the clock. But I will say it's encouraging that he seems like he knows what he's doing in crucial and crunch time situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how are we doing over there? Doug? I think the thing too is, am, am I back now? <laughs> I can't tell. Let's put Judd I in really the green room. There's a there's like a if three you can second, hear me. There's like a three second delay. Let's put Judd just restart. Let's put Judd in the green room. Um, <laughs> the lawn, um, the internet, uh, the dog. It's just a day, man. It's a day. All right, Charles Charles Raymond says, any way you can assign a letter grade to the four front offices as they currently stand for the Vikings, Twins, Wolves, and Wild? Ooh. Uh, I'll go, so we'll start with the Vikings, obviously, since we're on this topic. I would give the the Vikings a solid B. B. I think a B is finally fine. I don't know if I can give an A. Uh, I don't know if it's been perfect, but I've liked that the savvy moves they made for Hawkinson. They've managed this cap pretty well. Um, I've I've liked what they've done for the most part, but it's a little too early to tell uh, from in terms of them giving him an A. So I give him a B. Uh, from Bill Guerin, I I give it a B plus. I just think, and I give it a B plus, and I give it a more of an upgrade from the Viking side of things 
because the salary cap situation is is just hurting them, and they're still figuring out ways to be buyers at the trade deadline six months ago. Um, they got their superstar signed. Uh, they're not giving a ridiculous amount of money to goaltenders, which is always something that other hockey teams do in a salary cap-oriented league. So they, they, have, yeah. they have managed to massage that cap um, as good as anyone. Uh, from the Twins... I'm going to give it a C minus. Um, you know, I, I respected them for actually going in at the trade deadline and trying to bolster the bullpen, uh, but they, their failure to address pitching um, really has hurt them. And had they signed Carlos Correa, they signed Josh Donaldson. That's great, but the, the, this team can't identify pitching. They can, they have not been able to either develop or acquire quality pitchers. So I, I give it a C minus. It could even be lower from your end, but I give it a C minus uh, from the Wolves. It's again. It's it's similar to Kwesi right now. It's a little too early to tell. I know the the Rudy Gobert trade doesn't necessarily. I understand why it could hurt them in the long run, but I respected them going after Rudy Gobert, and I, I really like that move. So I, I'll probably give them a B as well, just from the standpoint I need to see a little bit more. I'm gonna go Vikings B plus. A lot of really good things. Some some. I think we have to let the season play out just to see how the first season of Kwesi KOC ends. But right now it looks like a just a rock solid B plus with room for an A at the end of the season. Wild B plus for me. I love I love the fact that Bill Guerin came in and said, "All right, we're not going to deal with the Ryan Suter, Zach Parisi contracts anymore and uh, locker room culture. So we're just going to make a big change there, eat some cap space, uh, and uh, push forward with Kirill Kaprizov and some other young players." Yeah. Twins a D. Okay. They just. I know they've made a couple big splash moves in the off season, but they've been. Well under 500 for two straight years now, mm-hmm. and they're they're just it's been six plus years and they can't find internal top end pitching, and uh, all the free agency whiffs that they have they've had over the years too. So they're a D for the Wolves. I would say incomplete. It has to be incomplete because yeah, yeah, you know we got to let this thing play out. So B plus Vikings, B plus Wild, D Twins, and Wolves are incomplete. All right, let's bring let's bring Judd back in here. See if the the gremlins are still attacking him. I think they might be. I'll read this and we'll see if we can uh, we can muster up a response from Judd. So Richard Benson chimes in. I want to start again by taking full responsibility for hyping the Gopher football team so aggressively earlier this season when their record was four zero. We all naturally were crushed by their three game losing streak, and we basically washed our hands of them without trying to sell you any Gopher football stock. I will say it's always really fun to lay a, a, a W on Nebraska. And in my book, it would be a seriously successful season if we take down Iowa and Wisconsin. At any rate, I'm writing to encourage you guys to incorporate a gopher sports segment regularly on Mackie and Judd. P.J. Fleck is a more than decent coach. He fields a competitive product. I think Ben Johnson's capable of eventually recruiting a group of players to the U of M. And uh, the gopher hockey team is often one of the best in the nation. Should we do more gophers sports content on Mackie and Judd? Am I back? Yes. Yes. That's the key. You may be choppy. I I, I don't know. We'll find out as we go here. (laughs) All right. Um, I think we should do more Gophers content if that's what the public wants. That's my feeling. Like, I think our, I think the great thing about doing this show is we can see just through the, uh, through the statistics of things, what people, what people want. Unlike the old days with a four hour show where we were doing, you know, felt obligated twins, wild Vikings, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think if people want want golfers and they're good, like we try to do for football, we should do them. Uh, but I don't think that we should 
do them because we feel like we have to if people don't care. And go for football to be upfront about it blew their chance. Yes, I totally agree. Even, I mean, the, the, even if they beat if they beat Iowa and Wisconsin, let's say they win out, and maybe they go to the Big Ten championship game, they still have kind of blown their they kind of blew their chance to <laughs> maybe go to the playoff or go to the Rose Bowl or something. It's just I don't know, man. It's hard to, and I get it. We and like you said, we see some of the we see what people are interested in, yeah, and we just react to what you guys are interested in mostly. And you're not okay. really interested in Gophers or the Twins. And if Gopher, if Gopher men's basketball gets good, we will do a ton on them. Like, they're huge in this town. Gopher hockey, as much as I love love the sport, is a very niche. It's never yeah. going to be, uh, you guys got to do more. But if Gopher men's basketball consistently makes runs, we will do plenty of Gopher men's basketball. I'll tell you what, the University of St. Thomas is Division One now, and they have a trio of big games this weekend on campus. The New Look men's basketball team opens their home schedule Friday night against Chicago State, 7 p.m. The women play South Carolina State on Saturday night at 7 p.m. And the Gopher football team can clinch a share of the Pioneer League Championship on Saturday, 12 noon, against Stetson on 1500 ESPN Radio. Support the Tommies, TommySports.com to get tickets, TommySports.com to get tickets. Uh, It's time now here before we get to more Vikings feedback for the Minnesota goodbye. Uh, Declan always running into Larry David-like situations in his life. I really am. I really am. Happy Veterans Day, by the way, too. Uh, I have two siblings in the military, so happy Veterans Day to them. I saw the Larry David clip uh, just saying, hi, how you doing, instead of thanking a veteran, and it made me just chuckle because only him, only Larry David himself could pull something off like that. Um, My Minnesota goodbye. All right, so as you know, I'm engaged now for over a week. We have started some uh, pre-wedding planning already. We have ready. We have ready started to oh, to, to start, right start going right in. I don't want to delay this. Um, I want to. I not want to get this over with. But I just. I don't want to kick the can down the road. Let Let's start. Let's start going here. And we've gotten a lot of good advice. Um, even the maid of honor is a wedding planner herself. So we've gotten just great tips on what we should be looking at, what we should be doing. Um, and and the main tip before we went to before you're going to start touring venues is you really need to get at least some semblance of a guest list because you can only tour so many venues and they're going to add the main question they're going to ask is how many people are you inviting right so this past monday her and i started a spreadsheet like a google doc spreadsheet of, oh, of both God, of our stuff I love this. and <laughs> and i have uh so i was i was told from both sides these are like names <clears throat> on a spreadsheet names that that on a spreadsheet you are deciding essentially, in some cases, who you will remain in contact with the rest of your life and not. Kind of. To a just degree, gonna, just yes. gonna just gonna th- put that pressure out. Small there. list. Yeah. Make the list really small then. So I was told write family first. Figure out family first, then make a friends tab, right? Like start with family and go from there. So she makes her side. I make my side. I oh, add so all these aunts and uncles and you know, cousins no. and this stuff. I have dead parents, so that part is Kind of easy, but also it really isn't because I still have other people in my life. And my dad's side was a lot more complicated uh, for that who I'm attached with from my dad's side. Um, so I, I made that list. I made the internal family list here, okay? And then what I did was I had my sisters go into the Google Doc and say, which of these people are on the chopping block? Which of these people should I not send a formal invite? Who wouldn't be offended wow. if I did not send a formal invite in? 
and they went in and they highlighted probably like 25% of the family list is saying, I don't think you need to invite these people. Like, I don't think they'll be offended. Also, at the end of the day, it is your wedding. They will be offended. Yeah, they, the they, they, will they will be. I know. I, I was I was I was holding that detail out because I was like, well, they will be offended. But whatever it is, it is still my wedding day and whatever. So that's OK. So I did that. I I, I saw the highlights. Um, I'm filling out my list. She's filling out her list. And we're still like at a pretty ridiculously high number. And I'm just like, crap, like what are, like, this is a lot of people. Like this is even with the trimming. I was like, this is a significant well, dude, amount of people. Here's about once you get beyond like 15 or 20 people, like your closest circle, the list immediately bloats to like a hundred or 150. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. Cause like the next tier of people are, it's a, it's a very wide tier of people. Yes. And it's, it's, so what are you going to do? So, well, I, I'm, I don't know yet. I actually, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with the people I'm, I, I, and what I keep doing is I, I'm laying in bed at some nights and I'm thinking about the list and then I'm like, oh crap, this person. Oh crap, this person. Like I keep forgetting about like a few people that pop in my head being like, oh God, like they should probably be, I, I probably should send an invite there. Um, but actually my, my, my dilemma I'm having here kind of if I bring it back to my sister who went in and like highlighted all these lists, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight all these people to remove from the list. And she makes this analogy to me that she said, well, it's kind of like an NFL training camp roster, right? You got, you got 75 players and she tells me her exact words are, baseball. she literally goes, you have to get it from 75 to that 55 number. And I, I me being the little brother that's mansplaining goes, well, I mean, it is technically a 53 man active roster. Right. And she goes, well, I actually watch a lot of hard knocks and it's technically 55. because you can elevate two players up to the 53. <laughs> she checked you. And then I She's right. and, and now I because I'm offended that my like knowledge of sports has been questioned by someone who is not involved in my profession said like, well, the active roster remains a 53 man roster. That part is true. It is an active well. 53 man roster. So That's what it this? is. Yes, I argued the this. The game day active roster is less than that, though, right? Isn't True. And I explained that should, too. Well, hold on a second. You should here. have a practice squad of alternates that you've yeah. got like eight practice squatters that if someone gets sick with COVID or something on, you know, Tuesday night. Okay. Declan, you're <laughs> screwing this up from the start. First of all, your parents are dead. Don't start with family, start with friends. That list, I, I don't care what, what your fiance does your list should start with friends because family can be offended but do you care and the second thing is mom and dad being gone means that that it's not that you always have the excuse of oh my god i'm so sorry but with mom and dad gone this process was more di- difficult yeah. you have the out you got to start. You can blame. You can blame. You can yes. You can gaslight you gotta, people. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm you know mom and dad still dealing oh my, with trauma. Yeah. Oh no. But but I but but I mean it's, it's, when they say you know what Declan, I am your third aunt or something like that, and I'm really disappointed that I, I didn't get to go. Do you know what aunt. you say? Do you know what you say? You say yeah. You know Charlotte, but with mom gone, it was just so difficult to make this list. With mom gone, you always got to start it with mom gone. So when you start it with mom gone, your friends are more of a problem because you've got a lot. And that's where the rubber meets the road. I don't even want you to think about family. Don't even think about them. Get to them. Tell your sister, do it for me. Give me whatever. Pick them, pick a number and you tell your sister, who do you think that we, we should invite? And if we don't do this right, 
I'm blaming mom okay. and dad being dead. I have a question. Let's say, so you've got your 53, 55-man roster. It's baseball. But then you have your, like, leadership right. cabinet of the roster. Okay. Yep. Let's say, I, let's say I made you, just on your list, of the 12 people that are just, like, ride or die, have to be at the wedding, mm-hmm. you're going to elope now, and you can only invite 12 people. Yeah. How many of those 12 people are family is it all 12 or are some of them friends? So that, well, like I have like 12 of, of siblings, nephews cut, like, like the immediate, I, I include the nephews in that, in that bunch to me. Uncle Declan's a very sacred character. Okay. So they're, they're, they're part of it to me. And that's, that's like already 15. If I include all the kids mm. with their spouses and you know, all that stuff. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is, um, you guys, you guys might want to just elope. Yeah. I just mean, don't invite anyone. Kid, Okay, can you do the thing where where you split this into threes? The service, you know, where you invite them, and oh. that's, you know. And then the second thing is, yeah. like, it, so <laughs> so basically your last list is come and get drunk, but you don't have to see and bring a gift, but you don't have to go through any of the formalities. Uh, the, third like category, you, the third category is just like a nice Facebook post, and they can like it. Yeah. Um, so I will Can say we do that? What, what we do, we don't want to do what Judd's saying. Cause I want everything to happen in the same place. There's no, there's no, we're not doing a Catholic wedding. Like I, I want the wedding. I want the ceremony. I want the reception, everything in the same barn, if you will. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go anywhere else. I always loathe that fact where you have to go somewhere. And then there's also that awkward, like 90 minute stretch between yeah, that's, the, that's the called, ceremony and reception. Three different bars. Yeah. It's called yeah. bar hopping. That's time, when you're getting but I think to me, yeah. I think I find that rude. I find I find I find that is even as a wedding guest rude as someone who's even been a part of that as part on both sides. Someone that's been in weddings and has done that. And as someone who is just a guest at a wedding that there's just this 90 minute awkward period where the two most important people just aren't here. I find that I find that to be kind of strange. So we won't be doing that like that. That is all I enjoy the halftime for one. It's it's not strange, though, dude. It's your day. Yeah. If you're ever going to be selfish, that this is the day. Yeah, I understand that selfish and do your thing. Also, I, what I worry about here is that you're going to spend so much time trying not to offend people yeah. as opposed to just, like, planning an awesome day for you. And this is why you know, everyone does it differently. We literally went to Arizona and had nine people, and it was – I mean, for us, it, it was great. Right. It was great. And I don't know. There was probably 100, 100 people that were offended and left out or whatever. Yeah, I was very offended. That's what we wanted happy. to do. Um, Thank you for doing that. <laughs> but, yeah. yes, it, it is It is like just looking – I'm looking at the list right now, and it's just like – it's a lot. It's a lot of people. Post the list online. Let's crowdsource it. Put descriptions of each person, and let's put the it highlights. out. Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd audience. Just to be very Help clear. Help Declan cut this list. Just to be very clear here, though, I'm not joking. Start with your friends. Give your sister the list of family, and and let her chop it. And then if you have some offended folks say, with mom and dad gone, it was just so difficult to make this list. You got to use the fact that you're a young man without parents to your advantage. Yeah. You can do it with the food too. Ah, listen, uh looks like there's a <laughs> chicken and a salmon option. I'm allergic to salmon and I uh and I don't eat uh meat. Ooh, and so oh, is there a vegetarian option you can say, "Oh, it's just that's an oversight. I'm still dealing with the loss of my parents." My parents. Yeah. And 
Sorry, it's my parents. I feel like you need to use this to your advantage fully. Okay. Th- this might be just a weekly update. There might be a Friday weekly. What's De- what's Declan's wedding planning dilemma that he is facing this week? This could be Agreed. a, a, a running gag. Should. This could be a I running felt gag. Like, I felt like when I, I met her for the first time on Sunday, your gal was not thrilled with my ideas. And I feel like I bring a lot to the table. Well, because your ideas kind of stunk. I mean, like I, Phil, Phil and I were even talking about that. Your ideas, we got we to gotta kind of talk about those those ideas. Little bit. Which ones did you like? Got a lot of John, them. I think you sh- I think you should make a list of your top five pieces of advice for Declan. We can go over it next week. I just gave him Friday. some key advice. Oh, well, write them down. Put them okay. on paper. We can put it out on social media. I got too, my Bally's thing. The 10, the 10 keys to a good Bally's broadcast. That too. You have two lists to work on. <laughs> Bally Sports North broadcast. Uh, so, okay. So good luck to Declan. We'll get another update sometime soon. Uh, back to the feedback here on Feedback Friday. Some some more Vikings questions coming in from this one from Southern Eggs. Love the show and the purple positivity we're enjoying so far. Two quick things: when you all did preseason predictions, I'm not sure if any of you predicted more than ten wins for this team. Ah, uh, ten was the minimum that we predicted. Yeah, I had I, I think Declan and I had him on eleven. You did, yeah. Judd had him six. on ten. Yeah, you eleven did. and six. We are three wins away from the 10-win mark with nine games to go. What has been the biggest surprise from this team so far? Is it Kirk's clutchness? Is it uh, Donna Shell's bend-but-don't-break defense? (laughs) Something else? Are you three willing to make a mid-season prediction of what the Vikings' final record Mm. will be? Mm. We could pick the schedule here if you want to. Let's pick the schedule. Let's fire this up. Okay. 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 Okay, so they're 7-1 and right now. Yep. Okay, let's go. Let's see. Judd. We'll start with Judd, Dex, Phil. I'm just making a little little grid here on my notebook. I gotta look at this. So this weekend against Buffalo, I know we're kind of, we're probably spoiling the uh, purple pick segment on Purple Daily here a little bit, but we will dive in deeper. So I guess at Buffalo, what's your gut say right now? Loss. Yep. I, I, I I just I, I think this is a loss. Even if it's Casey Keenum, um, that defense is good. It's on the road. the The weather is going to be tough. It's a loss for me. Yeah. I agree. It kind of feels that that's the defense that you have to be worried about yeah. just as much. So it kind of feels yeah. like a loss. Don't we'll forget see. my don't forget my hot take from Monday. They were going to go on a four game win streak against the or they they were going to win all, all these four. Dare I go against that? I don't think so. Upset victory. Find out Monday. So it's a win for I'm you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, home against Dallas. Win, win for me. So win. I don't buy the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy. Mike Mike McIdiot. No, I can't do it. I <laughs> take. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, so w. Just, okay. I'm so going. You're going okay, are you, you just saying it's win? Okay, I'm taking my. Yeah, I'm you, you're going for no. I just want to be clear. We'll because yes. we'll fly through this. Okay, uh, and then I have this one as a win too. I think. Okay, home against New England. Judd has it as a win. It's a short week. Dex uh, win for me too. That that defense is really good. So I think it's the best in the NFL uh, this season. Uh, but it, whether it's Zappy or Mac Jones, um, I like the Vikings on a short week and at home. So I, I'll take them to win. I think they trip a little bit in this game. I think there's a there's a short week Bill Belichick thing happening there yeah. that could be problematic. Uh, then we go home against the Jets. Jet has it as a win. Declan, that's a win for me. Yeah, it's a win for me too, dog. Yeah, I think they beat that. I think the Jets are kind of frauds, but they could still sneak in at Detroit. Judd, that's a win. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that would a, be if yeah. that happens. That would be. 11 straight wins on Judd's schedule. Yeah. I'm just sticking with my hot take. But, mm-hmm. yes, I think you're going to win at Detroit. 
Okay, Dex? Yeah, that's a, that's a win at Detroit. I agree. Yeah, it's a win. It's a win for sure. Okay, uh, home against Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts. Win. 12 straight wins. Yeah, just yeah, win. <laughs> 12 straight. Win. 12 straight for me. It's a win. Okay, uh, home against the Giants. The Giants. I'm going to say that's a loss. At some point in time, you're going to lose. Kind of with Judd. I just think yeah. it's the law of averages. And then Giants are good. The Giants are a good team now. Uh, and I don't think you're just going to run the table. I don't believe you are. And I think there's a loss somewhere on this schedule. So I'll give it that. It's to the Giants. Okay, I have it as a win. I just, I, sure. I'm i not fully yeah. drinking the Giants Kool-Aid. Okay, at Green Bay, January 1st. I'm going to win. Yeah. I, I think the Packers are going to be so checked out by then that it's not going to be a great game. Yeah. Win, Vikings. That's a win for me too, Doug. Man, I think it's a win. I think it's a win. It this should is be ridiculous, a win. Ridiculous, dude. I, they're probably not even going to be playing Aaron Rodgers. The only way it's not a win to me is if the Packers come roaring back a little bit and they're playing for their playoff lives at home. Yeah, I don't see them doing that. In that though. case, it could be a Packers win. Yep. And, okay, and then at Chicago. And at this point, you very well could be going into this game with a realistic chance at the number one seed and a bye. Because Philadelphia is going to lose. Thanks. They're going to lose yeah. some games. Uh, at Chicago. At Chicago, you often trip up here. This is a win. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think it just yeah, it depends on the seeding and the situation. Because it could just be a Nick Mullins-led Vikings team. Like, if they can't get the one seed, uh, they're going to rest starters. And the game becomes basically irrelevant. So I'm, I'm actually just going to say that the Eagles have the one seed wrapped up by the time they play the Bears. Um, the outcome doesn't matter, but obviously to pick it, um, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a win. I'll just say a win, but it, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. It's a loss for me because I think, they're, I think they'll be locked in as the two seed at that point. Okay. And so that means, let's see here. Let me do some math. Holy crap. Okay, that means I have the Vikings at 13-4. and four. Declan has them at 14-3. and three, And Judd has them at... Fifteen and two. Oh, Stella! Oh, 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 wow. Okay. So fifteen and two, fourteen and three, thirteen and four. If you're looking for a kiss of death, there we go. We just we just gave it to you, Southern Exile. If they do what I just said, they will be playing for that top seed. I'm convinced of it. Oh my God. Well, like yeah, if and they're, if, they're if not they going win, to, yeah, yes, that you just gave them a four zero record through the hardest part of their right. remaining schedule, right. probably yeah. right. Buffalo, it's my hot take. I'm not backing Cowboys. down from it. I'm not. I'm not going to back down from it unless they disappoint me. In which case, I'm going to fillet them. Okay, let me give you like. Let's say you had to pick like an alternate version of their record the rest of the way. Where Where do you think it would? Oh, well, they, I think that they would lose to Buffalo, and then I. I think realistically probably if they went through this four game stretch at two and two agreed you wouldn't melt down about it You'd be pretty and so happy. you go two and two and then maybe you lose another game or two yep. you're still you're looking you're staring at a 12 plus win season yeah, well, yeah and that sputter a little bit and that giants game like i said that they would lose it but if they go two and two through this stretch i think that there's a very viable chance that i would give that a win yeah i mean even if even went five and four through the next stretch, that's that's twelve wins, baby. Like I don't, I don't think that. And and if again, the fourth loss could be a Bears game where you're just resting starters, and that loss doesn't mean anything. So really, it's five and three through eight games, and with a throwaway game that you don't care about. So yeah, probably five more wins. 
Okay, Dougie McGee says, longtime listener from Bonnie, Scotland. I want to put it to all my Vikings brothers across the pond that it's time to embrace the grime. What I mean by that is we take games down to the dirty end where everyone else is uncomfortable, but not us. We thrive there. Kirk plays MVP-level football. The defense makes unbelievable stops. Players like Dantzler make game-winning plays. It's uh, It's got to the stage now where we know we're going to win. We believe we're going to do what it takes, and it manifests on the field. Is any other team this mentally strong? Watch the post-game locker room speeches. They're buying into what KOC is selling. He's got them spilling blood, sweat, and tears for each other. There's no offense-defense split. This is one team together in the end. Can anyone stand toe-to-toe with the Vikings in the dying minutes with the game on the line? There's a Rocky three moment down the line coming when we have to come back to face the Eagles just like Rocky had to face Mr. T for a second time, Clubber Lang, and shock the hell out of them and the world with what we have become. Yes. Football. <laughs> oh, man. Anyone that makes a Rocky Three reference has my respect. Absolutely. He's right. Rocky, Rocky basically went and lost like 15 pounds, got mentally right, got faster and ran circles around Clubber Lang in the second fight. Beautiful. The, the buy-in of this team into the juxtaposition from what we saw last year is just so huge right now. And, and look, you, the 2022 Vikings have taken a page from the first time I recall hearing this phrase, the 1983 AL West champion White Sox winning ugly. Winning ugly. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and in football, it's almost encouraged. Yep. Yep. Mike Zimmer kind of felt uncomfortable with it a year ago and it just i don't know just they always were kind of resisting what their identity was but oh man this team's leaning into it they're winning and all these you games. said that last year about 15 times yeah well we gotta stop doing this it's like oh, no it's, it's all good man okay matt hansen says bills fans like to put people through tables like they're the dudley boys hell yeah one of the great tag teams in wrestling history put the tables so what tag team duo would the Vikings be? If the Bills are the Dudley boys, which tag team duo are the Vikings? Ooh, all right. Let's dig deep here a little so, bit, Phil. Uh, here's my thought on this. So the Vikings are they're they steal wins, right? They're kind of the oh. they kind of they get out with the money. They're kind of like a heel tag team that sneaks out or, or they're either like a face that gets beat all match and then Steals a win at the end, or they're a heel that, like, you know, pokes a guy in the eyes or something. So maybe uh, a little bit of Los Guerreros, a little bit of uh, Eddie and Chavo uh, Guerrero. Cheat, little lie, lie, lie steal. cheat, and steal. Your way to wins. I could see a little bit of that, a little lie and cheat and stealing. Um, or are they now with their newfound swag? Are they more like the New Age Outlaws, where Kirk, Kirk Cousins is coming out? He's like, he's like badass Billy Gunn, ass man. Yeah. And uh, Kevin O'Connell is great on the microphone. He's the road dog, Jesse James. Oh, you didn't know? Or maybe see it. they're not. I wouldn't say they don't really have an edge in Christian to them. Um, they don't really have a Hardy Boys high flying to them. I'm trying to think of like other really like the New Day is fun. They're a fun group. But I don't know if that, it characterizes. Oh, the New Day. I could see the New you Day. You see the New Day? Yeah. It's a New Day. Just yes, kind of it a is. a fun, likable bunch yeah. running around playing trombones and new stuff. Day rocks. Yeah, we could do that. Kirk Cousins rocks. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of New Day to them. Zen's rocks. Cuz, okay. Let's think on that. Yeah, drop us some comments in the YouTube comment section to see that. Uh, Tim R. says, how many Packer fans does it take to change a light bulb? Nice. Uh, Three. 
One, to change the bulb, and two, to reminisce about how good the old bulb used to be. <laughs> That's, yeah, I like it. I love that, actually. That's pretty funny. That's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of changing light bulbs, you know, there's some things around the house that are just uh, not meant for us incapable folks. That's why we have Finch Home Solutions to help. And guess what? They can come to your house and quickly diagnose the problem. So, like, again, if there's flickering lights, that's a problem. Preventative measures, though, can take that problem off your plate, and that's where Finch comes in. Don't wait until something goes wrong. The best part is that Finch is offering a free home safety inspection to all fans of our shows. And be sure to tell Cody and his team that you heard about us on on um our shows as well special deals for purple daily customers and you know also like let's say you're thinking of it's getting cold outside oh, putting yeah. a hot tub in i saw Guess one on my what? walk today looked great finch home solutions comes to your house and does the electrical work first which is so important just call them 612-357-2604 or visit finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com is the key to keeping your home safe thanks to federated insurance also for helping uh, with our business over the past several years at Score North and previously 1500 ESPN. And uh, they've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success, in addition to helping businesses in the state of Minnesota from uh, their headquarters in Owatonna. They also serve customers in 49 states and the District of Columbia. So whether you're inside the state of Minnesota or outside, Federated can help you a guiding hand for your business. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Tim G says, I wanted to make a deep dive into our third quarter problems and see if I can come up with something to explain what's going on. So I broke down the third and fourth down conversions in each quarter for us and our opponents. Here are my findings. In the first quarter, the Vikings convert 58%, 33% for opponents. Hmm. Second quarter, pretty much even. But in the third quarter, the Vikings convert just 25% of third and fourth downs versus opponents converting 54%. Yep. Fourth quarter, it flips again. Vikings at 57%, opponents 38%. So the third quarter is the problematic quarter. Yep. Uh, it looks like the defense has a hard time getting off the field in the third, and the offense isn't helping. Why is the third quarter the bad quarter for the Vikings? So I have no idea why. I, I have no idea, like, because th- this team, if this team was not well-prepared at the start of games, I would say, okay, at the start of games and at the start of the third quarter, there's problems there. But they are well-prepared. They're well-coached. It's a great question. Like, is it partially a mental problem? Like, what happens? Why would that quarter in particular? Because if this was in the fourth, I think you would say, okay, it's clear that this team is is wearing down, Right. So, like, if they struggled in the fourth, you'd be like, okay, they played three hard quarters, and it's not ideal, but they wear down in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I don't know why, but, I mean, we know for a fact, statistically, because there are several factors that tell us that that quarter is just sort of one where where the Vikings, and what's weird about it is the entire team doesn't play well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, at some point I would think they're going to solve it, but... Yeah, the Cardinals game, you take that out, they basically have done nothing in the third quarter. But what do they do? Like, like what happens? Like, that's that's the good question. Like, what can you put your finger on of why? Because yeah. I'm struggling with that. I don't know. Yeah, I got. I personally have no idea. So, I, I don't know what they're doing at halftime. Are they just like, you know, are they, uh, are they ripping shots of 
Goldschlager at halftime or something. I, I don't Pass know. me that surly. But, dude, it's the <laughs> middle of the game. I don't care. And then Aaron Hunt says, at what point do we have to bench Ed Ingram? The last three games, I feel he has been getting worse, not better. Are we able to wait it out, or we have to give somebody else a shot? He's going to get Cousins killed. He's been really bad. Really bad. This team has shown no evidence, none, zero, of giving up on struggling players. Um, Joseph, now his problem kicking is from 50-plus. But at the end of that game on Sunday, they were like, we're all in on our confidence here. Yeah. Um, I would say this. From an observational standpoint, I don't disagree. I don't think he gets benched. Unless he gets hurt, I don't think he gets benched. Um, when Kevin O'Connell gives up on a player, especially on that side of the football, it, it's going to be the, the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the only player I can think of who's been benched in the first eight games was in Philadelphia, where Dantzler definitely got benched. But then he came right back the next week. So yes. I think that's it, right? And that's I on think defense. you're correct. They've been very patient. And I, I do think they view Ed Ingram as the long-term solution at right guard, even though he's struggling as a rookie. Um, and so, and they also, they feel like the, the rest of the offensive line has been at least good enough to not get Kirk totally killed. Although he was pressured on almost 50% of his dropbacks against the commanders. Yep. Not sustainable. It's, you got to get that thing back down into like the, the 30, 35% range or lower. Mm-hmm. If you, if you want to keep racking up wins like this, that could have, re- I mean, if he didn't stand in there and throw that, you know, 35 yard dime to Justin Jefferson, then they probably don't win that game. So that was Kirk overcoming interior pressure from Ed Ingram's side. So, all right, there you go. There's your feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd. Some some more wedding advice for Declan uh-huh. included today, if you missed that. No, my advice was solid. I we'll thought get it some was more good. advice Very from Judd. We've had uh, a cameo by Leaf Blowers and the Internet Gremlins. It's been yep. quite the show here. Active Friday. Yes. Xfinity tried to silence me, and I won't allow it to happen. Never. You can find Vikings Vent Line right after Vikings Bills finishes up on Sunday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys.